It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. We ain't done, but the Memphis Grizzlies just might be. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Coming in hot. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. It's your boys. That's right. 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. You got us on Sirius XM Channel 80. You got us on the ESPN app. You can tweet us at Chris Carlin, at Chris Canty 99 He's going to be flying high, and he can't wait to get to tomorrow night, but we've got so much to get to in the coming hours. And where we start, Canty, is with Draymond Green last night, ejected after stomping on DeMontis Sabonis in the game. And I have to tell you, Draymond Green's got to get suspended for a game. And listen, I, I know that we can look at it and say, well, was it really a stomp? Did he step fully on his chest? Because he's Draymond Green and because of what his history is, I'm going to be very surprised if he doesn't get a game out of this. And frankly, I believe he should. No, I don't think Draymond's going to be suspended by the league for a game. I think he's going to be available for game three, which is back at uh, back at the Warriors' place in, in the Bay Area. I, I don't see them stepping in and issuing a discipline that is going to decide not one but two games in a series, and we're only talking about three games total being played once we get to their next, uh, next game on Thursday night. So I, I just don't see the league doing that. And, big fella, I think context matters when it comes to what kind of discipline should be imposed on Draymond. And I'm not by any means suggesting that you throw out the history because we're always used to seeing Draymond doing strange things when it comes to his feet in the playoffs. All you got to do is go back to, what was that, 2015 when he decided that he wanted to kick uh, LeBron James somewhere when he was on the ground. But that's neither here nor there. I guess my point is when you look at that play and you isolate what Sabonis did in that play – which didn't look like a basketball move at the time, a ball up for grabs for a rebound, decides to flop and flail around on the ground, potentially rolling into somebody's legs. The fact that he not only jeopardized the players by doing that, but decided that he was going to grab Draymond Green's leg when Draymond was trying to run back and get back on offense, I I just think that that has to be factored into the math when determining Draymond's reaction uh, and and then trying to decide – what you need to do from a discipline standpoint uh, in the moment, but also long-term. I, I just don't see the league stepping in and trying to impose any further discipline than the flagrant two that was issued last night. Okay, let's hear from the principals on it. First of all, here's Draymond on what happened. My leg got grabbed second time in two nights. Referees just watch it. I got to land my foot somewhere. And I'm not the most flexible person, so it's not stretching that far. So you didn't really see where you were stepping. You just kind of. I, I can only step so far. I'm pulling my leg away. So. What was it is what it is. All right. Before I get no, to that's that, ridi- that's ridiculous. Yeah, right, of course, it listen. Is. That that's BS. Like it, it's, it's nobody's buying that explanation. If Draymond, we're not Ray, asking him to to do a split. 
This, I mean, ain't, come on. this ain't calisthenics, all right? No. I don't need you to explain, oh, I'm not that flexible and all of these other things. See, that... that like you got to do downward that, dog to get out of the way. <laughs> that explanation tells me that there was some intent behind it, okay? And you don't like to hear that if you're the NBA league office. But at the same time, there was intent with what Sabonis did. They were mixing it up. There was a little bit of... Dirty play back and forth between the two of them. I, I don't think there's one that should be absolved of blame in all of this. I think they're both culpable, and that's why the referees issued a technical on Sabomas in real time. I thought the officials did a really good job in terms of doling out the discipline while the game was actually happening. Like, in the moment, going back and reviewing it, seeing what they needed to do, gave Sabonis the technical, threw Draymond out. I thought that was appropriate, and that's where it needs to end. Because you're still talking about a game that was in the balance where Draymond got thrown out. I want to say it was the play after that where GP3, GP2 hit the three-pointer in the corner and you, you're talking about the game being actually tied up. And so when you're talking about the Golden State Warriors having to play the remainder of that fourth quarter in an essentially a tied game with Draymond Green on the bench, I, I think that's, that's discipline enough for Draymond and for Golden State. Well, they, I would they argue felt, they felt the fe- the effects of of Draymond's actions in a negative way. I don't think you need to move forward with a suspension in game 3. I would argue that because it happened when it did and I know what you're saying and I respect it. If it had happened in the first half, I probably wouldn't suspend him. If he had been gone for the entirety of the second half, I probably wouldn't do it. It happens with 7 minutes left in the game. I would think about it, and the other problem is how it looked. But here's Sabonis on his take on the whole situation. Uh, you know, I'm, I love the competition. I love the playoffs. You know, the challenge I'm taking on the Warriors. Um, you know, I got hit earlier in the, in, in the game in the jaw there. So when I fell, you know, I was kind of protecting myself. And then obviously the incident happened, and I feel like um, there's no there's no room for that in our game today. Well, let's be clear. If the if the Warriors do lose Draymond for a gra- for a game. That was the best flagrant one that Sabonis could take in that spot. Now, can't you? The, you the flagrant fl- two. The, uh, huh? Flagrant two. That, no, that Sabonis got, he also got a flagrant one Yeah. Uh, for the play. That's what I mean. Um, mm-hmm. uh, the thing I'm not going to get nuts over, I'm not going to get nuts over his flop because flops happen all the time. Okay? What I will say is, of course he's wrong for grabbing his leg. He instigated the whole thing by grabbing his leg. The problem is what's going to work against Draymond and, frankly, how it looked. It, 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 like, I'm shaking my head, Canty, when I'm hearing about Sabonis going for an x-ray after the game on his lungs. I mean, come mm-hmm. on. We, we all understand that that's just eyewash at best. However, when Sabonis does get stepped on as it looked at, as it looked in the moment, and it, it looks like Draymond did it on purpose. I think that's where I think the optics of it are going to work against him. Well, yeah, I mean, without the explanation that is a dead giveaway in terms of Draymond's intent post game, yes. I, I could have been sold that that was Draymond just trying to get his leg out of the grasp of Sabonis, and it ultimately ended up landing on his his torso. I could have been sold on that had it not been for Draymond being a terrible liar when it comes to his explanation as to what happened and the, the, the biomechanics of it all. It's absolutely ridiculous, him talking about how flexible he is. But, yeah, I don't think this is something that the league can gloss over in terms of Sabonis' actions in that. And that, to me, is why 
you can't suspend Draymond for game three because if Sabonis doesn't do what he did, which is hold the leg of Draymond, which is clearly not a basketball move, if he doesn't do that, then we're not talking about a stump. So, again, there's that – there's there's the the instigation of the action – which led to another, which led to a reaction. I don't know that if the league office can come down any harder on Draymond than they already did and essentially decide the series um, and, and, and take that away from the two teams that are playing it out on the court. Because I got to say, man, this is an awesome series to watch. Both oh, yeah. games have been instant classics. I mean, the first game, you had 24 lead changes. I mean, last night, not as many lead changes, but it, it was – one of those games that was back and forth in terms of the runs and the momentum. So I don't know that you want to take that away from what we saw, uh, it, 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 you know, take that away from what we're going to see in this series. I, I just don't know you want to do that. I, I, look, if we got seven games of this, it would be entertaining. It would be phenomenal. I, I'd be very into that. Um, I do think it'll be very interesting to see uh, how this plays out, from, not from the suspension standpoint, but the Warriors falling behind two games to none in the first round. They're the fifth defending champ that that has happened to. Uh, each of the previous four went on to lose, three of them getting swept. Warriors are not getting swept here. Uh, where is your level of concern right now for Golden State in this series? Oh, there's some angst. There's a lot. (laughs) I mean, you'd be kidding yourself to say you're not concerned. The only reason that you say this series is all but not over is because the Warriors have championship DNA, and we've seen that this team struggles on the road. They were absolutely atrocious on the road. I want to say they were something like 8-31 and on the road this season. So it's not a surprise to see them struggle uh, the first couple of games against Sacramento, especially at the rate that they've turned the basketball over. You're talking about them gifting the Kings 41 points off of 37 turnovers through the first two games. And the Kings are the best offense in all of basketball. What do you think is going to happen? Yeah. You know, so you, you, they're, they're, you, know, you can understand why Golden State is on a losing side of this thing. But that being said, you're still talking about two closely contested matchups. And if I'm the league office, I don't want to do anything to – you know, further disrupt what's going to happen on the court in this series. And by suspending Draymond Green for game three, you're all but saying that the Sacramento Kings are going to move on in short order. I just don't think the league is down with that kind of theater, and I don't think that's justice given the situation. Kante Carla, ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. We are presented by Progressive Insurance. The NBA playoffs are on ESPN Radio. Tune in tomorrow. Grizzlies hosting the Lakers, presented by Indeed. Coverage begins 7 p.m. Eastern on most ESPN radio stations and Sirius XM, Channel 80. Breaking NFL news, a mega payday for Eagles quarterback Jalen Hurts. He and the team agreed on a five-year, $255 million extension. The fact that this checked in at less than what Kyler Murray got a year ago from a practical guaranteed standpoint, I don't know how you can look at this as a win. He's earned it, not just because of his exceptional play on the field, but his leadership as well. He outplayed Patrick Mahomes in that Super Bowl. He got the Eagles to the Super Bowl, and he deserves every single bit of that contract. Well, yesterday at 179.3 million guaranteed, 
it certainly looked like it was a terrific contract for the Philadelphia Eagles, and it looked like a pretty darn good contract for Jalen Hurts. But frankly, today, 24 hours later, Canty, it's got us asking a lot of questions about the decision to sign the deal when he did. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Uh, at the time, given everything that's gone on with Lamar Jackson this offseason, we have spent so much of our time in the last few weeks looking at the last three quarterbacks now besides Jackson uh, to get the deal, whether it's Hurts, Burrow, Justin Herbert, Jalen Hurts going first in this whole process feels like it may have been a big mistake on his part. Well, I don't know if we can qualify it as a big mistake. I would just say that it's curious that he would sign days before the NFL draft and the team that employs him has two first-round picks, one of which is inside the top ten. Now, I'm not saying that the Eagles were poised to replace Jalen Hurts, who played at a near MVP level this year, who took his team to the Super Bowl. But I do think that the Eagles could have potentially created a little bit of time pressure to get this deal done now as opposed to later after the Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow deals check in because those deals, you know, are, are as we would anticipate, are going to be on the higher end in comparison to what Jalen Hurts just received. So I just – I'm surprised that Hertz's representation, you know, went down this road and decided to sign this deal because I, I wouldn't I wouldn't take the chance if I was Hertz on playing another snap before a new deal, but there was no risk involved with waiting until after Herbert and Burrow potentially got their deals done. And from all reports, both of those franchises have initiated contract negotiations with those two quarterbacks both of whom the two quarterbacks are in his draft class. Both of those quarterbacks were top six picks. I, I would have been inclined to let those guys go first and then try to use their deals as a roadmap to get a deal done with the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, if you're Jalen Hurts, the leverage that you would have in comparison to those other two situations is that you're a year closer to true free agency than they are. Because those other guys were first-round picks, they still got – the fourth year of their rookie deal, and the fifth-year option year as leverage. You only have this year, the fourth year of your contract, and that's it before the team has to make a decision to extend you or put a franchise tag on you. So I, I was a little bit surprised. And then when we see some of the outlines for the cash flow for the first three years, that, that's the part that's a dead giveaway. Because we discussed it yesterday when we were on Greeny's show. I thought it was light in terms of the total guaranteed at signing, which was $110 million, only $7 million more than what Kyler Murray got a year ago. And I thought it was light when it came to the signing bonus, which is $23.2 million, which is $6 million less than what Kyler Murray got a year ago. Now, from the total guaranteed standpoint, it's less than what Kyler Murray got a year ago. Uh, pr from a practical guarantee, skill and injury, which was $189 million for Murray, it was only $179 million for Jalen Hurts. So, yeah, at first blush, I didn't love the deal for Jalen Hurts. And after getting some of the initial cash flow numbers, you know, the first two years of his deal, he's going to make $64 million. It's a little bit light. The first three years of his deal is going to make $106.3 million. That's a little bit light. So if you think about it in these terms, 
through the first two years, you're getting less money than Russell Wilson's getting through the first two years of his extension. Through the first three years of your deal, you're essentially getting uh, less than what Daniel Jones is getting in his, huh. his brand new contract. So I just, that's the part that doesn't pass the smell test for me. Um, but Jalen Hurts, a guy that's only made four and a half million dollars through his first three seasons in the NFL, I can understand why he would want to sign and put this thing to bed because this is a whole lot of money to pass up on. I may be wrong on this, but I don't, I think the, the best thing that Jalen Hurts could have done is not be the first guy. I, I don't want him to be the first guy because to me, you let the first guy be the guy who has accomplished the least and kind of build it up from there. And the guy who's accomplished the least uh, among a pretty talented group is clearly Justin Herbert. I'm going to let Justin Herbert sign his deal. I, uh, If you want to argue that Joe Burrow has accomplished more than I have, eh, I'll get, I, I get that second year in the playoffs. I understand that. But Jalen Hurts is right there. They've both been to a Super Bowl. He's right there. And as far as Lamar Jackson, he's won an MVP. How you want to view that, that's up to you. You know, they, they certainly have used the injuries against him the last couple of years. I'm bothered by the notion that it feels like Philadelphia may have taken advantage of him a little bit. I think they, f- they take advantage of the fact that Jalen Hurts is a guy uh, that I think we all understand uh, winning is first and foremost. And while he was a second-round pick, Chris, they are putting a boatload of money in front of him. And while nobody's going to be holding any kind of a charity auction for him, uh, at the same time, I just feel like Jalen Hurts needed to do better after all of this. I would have given him $200 million guaranteed because he would have been worth it at that point. And this is a team, and you can't tell me this didn't play into it a little bit. This is a team that last year was ready to go and try to get Deshaun Watson and try to get Russell Wilson. And those didn't work out. So... All of a sudden, you're turning around. I don't think that they would have been comfortable is not the word. I don't think that they would have just frank, frank, frankly given him that much money guaranteed because when we say 179, it's guaranteed for injury only. The 110 is the big number, right? Mm-hmm. So for me, I, I just think if we're really doing this the way it's supposed to be done, you needed to wait a little bit longer. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Where's the downside in waiting? That's the did, part did that nobody... Did they take advantage can, of him, Chris? Did they scare him? That's the part that nobody can explain to me. What was the downside in Jalen Hurts waiting to get this deal done? Waiting till after Herbert goes. Waiting till after Joe Burrow goes. The only thing that makes some sense, the only thing that seems like it, it, it had the potential to factor into these negotiations was the fact that the Philadelphia Eagles did hedge in last year's NFL draft. They did trade with the New Orleans Saints to acquire a first-round pick in 2023. And using that as potential leverage to put pressure and draw parameters on what this deal would look like. The Philadelphia Eagles were clear. There was a deal that they were comfortable doing, with, doing and they were not going to go outside of the framework of that deal. And Jalen Hurts fell in line with that. Now, what we what what got Jalen Hurts to fall in line with that, we'll never know. We can only speculate. But the only thing that would make sense 
is the Eagles having that kind of draft capital out there and which would potentially allow them to make moves, whether that's moving up to get a quarterback, whether it's trying to make a move for Lamar Jackson. Who knows? But they, it's, they seemingly use that leverage to prompt Jalen Hurts and his agent, Nicole Lynn, to sign sooner rather than later. But when you look at the cash flow of the deal based on the salary cap hits for the next four seasons, and, and you, you factor in what that looks like in comparison to some of the recent quarterback deals that have, done, have been done by lesser guys, it, it's hard to make it make sense in terms of why Jalen Hurts took this deal now. So the question to you is, if you had to give $200 million guaranteed to one of these quarterbacks, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert, and even Jalen Hurts at this point, even though he's already signed, which quarterback are you giving it to? 888-SAY-ESPN, 888-729-3776. Which one of those quarterbacks are you giving $200 million to going forward? Lines are open at 888-SAY-ESPN. 888-729-3776. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. In just moments, we will ask that very question of one of our NFL insiders, and we will get the very latest breakdown on what to expect just over a week away from the NFL draft in Kansas City. Canty, myself, Mike Tannenbaum, Ian Fitzsimmons will be hosting it right here on ESPN Radio. Canty and Carlin. ESPN Radio, Sirius XM, Channel 80. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, Who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. 
This is the Canty and Carlin Podcast. Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio, and on the ESPN app, presented by Progressive Insurance. I flipped on uh, Get Up this morning, as will happen each and every day, uh, between 8 and 10 a.m. Eastern Time on ESPN Radio. And the first thing I see is Dan Graziano doing push-ups. He joins us right now, ESPN NFL Insider. What gives? You just showing off? Is it was? I mean, a couple of tickets well, to the gun show. What are we doing? Yeah, you know how it is. It's like the more you can do, right? They're going to do a little, a little thing about the guy that set the record for most push-ups in an hour. And so one of the producers says, Does "Somebody want to go off the side and do some push-ups?" And I said, "Sure, I'll do it." So you know, just team player. That's all. <laughs> how it goes. Between Darlington spinning things on his finger, and now you're yeah. doing push-ups. I mean, we're, we're turning it into a circus. I love it. I absolutely love it. Off-season NFL TV, man. That's that's all we're doing. Graz, I want to see you pulling a truck next with your teeth. That's what I want to see. Uh, I wouldn't hold my breath on that one. That's <laughs> I can do. Uh, let's start with Jalen Hurts' contract yesterday, Graz. Uh, what was your reaction to the numbers? and where it lines up versus the other guys who are trying to get their deals done now, Burrow, Lamar, Herbert, uh, at this point in your estimation? Yeah, I think the numbers are about what we've figured. I mean, you know, going into the in the playoffs and the Super Bowl, it felt like Hertz was going to be in that club of guys that were going to get over $50 million a year. And, you know, and if they'd won that Super Bowl, maybe he would have got even more. But, um you know, the numbers made sense. I think I'm always interested to see who goes first, right? Because, like, you go first, you're kind of asking for somebody else to top your deal. Like, he's the highest-paid player in the league, but for how long? Like a week, a month, until Burrow or Herbert comes in over it. And then, of course, there's the Lamar, the, excuse me, the Lamar one, and the issue there is very different, right? Because Lamar's looking for a different structure than any of these other guys have been asking for. He wants the, the guaranteed money more than Deshaun Watson got. So... This doesn't really help him because this is a lot more in line with the other top-end quarterback contracts like Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson and Kyler Murray and guys like that. The Ravens, I think, would be willing to do something like this for Lamar Jackson. It's just that he's looking for a lot more guaranteed money, and that's been the reason the, uh, they haven't been able to come to a deal. So I, I don't think it affects Lamar. It probably sets a floor in negotiations for guys like Joe Burrow and Justin Herbert. Yeah, Graz, and that's what I want to focus on before we get to the Lamar of it all, because the timing of Hertz's deal seems conspicuous being days before the NFL draft. I, I, I'm just curious as to why Jalen Hurts decided to go first, especially given that he's a year yeah. closer to true free agency than Justin Herbert or Joe Burrow, two quarterbacks that are in his draft class that figure to ink market-setting deals at the position this offseason. I, I just don't understand why Jalen Hurts would go first. Like I, he doesn't have to incur any more risk and could have potentially gotten more money if he had just waited a few weeks or even a few months. Yeah, you're absolutely right. He could have, and, uh, and, and, and that's all true. And I think, you know, if you're the agent, maybe you were trying to say, hey, we should wait and see. But my understanding is Hurts wanted it done before the off-season program started, so there wouldn't be any questions about it. So I think he kind of he, – he was – you know, the – the agents work for the, the players, so he instructed, get this done. I like what's on the table. Let's take it. Um, and then the other thing you got to remember, Chris, like, he, yes, he's a second-round pick. They were first-round picks, so he's closer to free agency because he doesn't have the fifth-year option. But I was looking at this yesterday. 
through his first three years in the league, Jalen Hurts earned about $4.5 million total in salary. Joe Burrow, over the same time period, has earned $30.5 million. So, like, it's a different perspective. Burrow and Herbert know that if they do nothing, their team's going to pay them in excess of $32 million next year on a fifth-year option, 2024 on a fifth-year option. Hurts didn't have that. So, like, I, I think when you have a second-round pick who's extension eligible, yes, there are some benefits that go with that, but there's also a little different feeling on the part of the player in terms of what that money that's sitting there right in front of you looks like versus what it might look like to a guy that's already pocketed, you know, $30 million. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL insider, joins us. All right, so who do you expect to be next? Yeah, I, I think Herbert, because I think there's some more issues to sort out. You know, Cincinnati's got other, other guys to pay. T. Higgins is extension eligible this year. Jamar Chase will be next year. And I think there's some other issues there um, to figure out around the, the potential Burrow deal. So total guess on my part, but I, I would guess uh, Herbert. And then Lamar, I just don't know what it's going to take. I think at this point we feel like he's probably going to have to find a way back to Baltimore some kind of face-saving way back there because no one else has made an offer or expressed any interest. So uh, what's that deal look like and when does it get done? You know, I, I would, if I were him, I'd wait for Burrow and Herbert to come in and, and come in over the top of those. But I don't know at what point he, if any, he'll be willing to go and talk to the Ravens about their preferred structure as opposed to his. Graz, we're days away from the NFL draft, which kicks off April 27th in Kansas City. The second overall pick, now it seems like the Houston Texans are saying they're listening to people that may be interested in moving up. We've also seen movement in Vegas in terms of who the odds on favorite is to be the second overall pick. Some have Will Anderson, some have Will Levis. One name that we're not seeing is C.J. Stroud. Do you have any insight as to why C.J. Stroud has seemingly fallen out of favor when it comes to consideration with the top two overall picks? So I'll preface this by saying this is the time of year where the the misinformation that we're all getting uh, kind of ramps up, right? And I'm not talking about reporters. I'm talking about what we, the reporters, are getting, right? Because you don't you don't know if, if what people are telling you is true uh, and all that. So there are times that we could sit, we could be sitting here next Thursday night going, "Oh, Stroud was the number two pick all along. Like it was all just smoke." So that's a possibility. That said. Um, I believe that the Texans are considering all options. I think they have heard from other teams about the pick and what it would take to get that pick. Uh, and I think, you know, having the 12th pick as well puts Houston in an interesting spot. If they aren't enamored with, like, let's say Bryce Young goes number one to Carolina and Houston just, like, that was their guy, but they don't feel super thrilled about any of the other guys, then maybe uh, you trade back. Maybe somebody like the Raiders wants to come up from seven to get, Stroud. Maybe the Colts want to do it and make sure. So you're only trading back to four or, or seven, um, and you also have 12. You might still be able to get your quarterback, plus also pick up another couple of picks along the way. So I think just sort of a smart front office is always going to listen, and um, and we'll see what they do. If they aren't able to move the pick, if they if they take a quarterback or if they take a defensive player like a Will Anderson or you know a Jalen Carter or somebody like that, but Houston will be very intriguing. Uh, once Carolina's pick is known for sure. And uh, and I think that's the other thing. Like, if Houston passes on quarterback, like let's say they keep the pick and take a defensive player, 
boy, that three pick for Arizona, the, 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 who isn't going to take a quarterback, that becomes very valuable in terms of, you know, something you could sell to teams trying to trade up and get quarterbacks. So I think it's intriguing. I think a lot of stuff's flying around. Yes, there's a lot of talk around the league right now that Houston might not be sold on the quarterbacks, uh, but, you know, we'll find out for sure, obviously, next week. Gravis, great stuff. Go work on those delts and traps, buddy boy, all right? Yeah, you know, it's like the the, the anchorman, right? You got your uvulus and your, uh, <laughs> your upper dorsimus, you know, yeah. Dan Graziano, ESPN NFL Insider, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. If you had $200 million guaranteed to give out, which quarterback would get it? Burrow, Lamar, Herbert, or Hertz? You answer that question, 888-SAY-ESPN. Next, Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to jetspizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. Canty and Carlin, the podcast. Well, what have you been worth $200 million? That's our question at the moment. Which quarterback is worth $200 million guaranteed? And who are you giving it to? Burrow, Lamar, Herbert, or Hertz? It's Canty and Carlin, ESPN Radio. Let's hit it. Mike in Washington, D.C., up first, ESPN Radio. Mike, go. What do you got? Hey, guys. How y'all doing today? Great. Great. Uh, I'm going to go right up the road here. That's an easy question. I'm going to uh, offer the uh, – and I have a rationale why. I'm going to offer the 200 to uh, Lamar Jackson. And uh, it's going to be a four-year deal, uh, no trade clause. And uh, I'll throw incentives in there that could push his deal up to around 250 260 if he can get us to the AF- – if he can at least get us past AFC title game. And stay healthy. I can get we can get his deal from two hundred up to two sixty. Canty, how much two hundred of that fully guaranteed? Yeah, Canty, how much of uh, are you allowed to do wins and losses in terms of incentives? 
Uh, I'm not sure if you can do that. Now, I know people do have clauses in their contract based on, you know, you know, playoff runs and, and getting to conference title games, getting to Super Bowls, things of that nature. I'm not sure I've seen one tied to a win-loss record or a win-loss percentage. Yeah. Um, does, doesn't mean that there's a rule against it, just haven't seen it. Now, as far as what Mike was talking about, listen, four years, $200 million fully guaranteed. I'm sure Lamar Jackson would absolutely take that because um, that's $50 million per, which would be better than Deshaun Watson's average annual value. And you're talking about being in the ballpark with the guarantees, but we're not seeing quarterbacks come close to that. And that's the issue. Think about it. Jalen Hurts only got $110 million total guarantee at signing. The part that's guaranteed for injury bumps it up to 179, but guaranteed at signing was $110 million. That's not even half of what Deshaun Watson got. So there's a big gulf between what the Ravens are willing to do and what Lamar Jackson wants. How about Pernell in Connecticut next on ESPN Radio? Pernell, who are you giving it to? Uh, I would go with Jalen Hurts as well. Or, but uh, with Lamar, I could go with him if we would. We could do two hundred million five years, but saying nothing's guaranteed as far as like that money. But if he wants guaranteed out of the seventeen games, he got to play at least. 15 per year. So it would drop down if he didn't play 17. They're never going to let that go. They're never going to let that happen. Players Association would not let that happen because of injury. No shot. No shot. But, Canty, I would say this. With with Lamar, I feel like we might be headed more towards, and tell me if this is a deal that you think is fair right now, if you're him. Three for 150, fully guaranteed. Yeah, now you're talking about the Aaron Rodgers deal from two years ago. Yeah. So, I mean, that's, again. But, no, but, I mean, if he's going to uh, end up, um, you know, compromising in this. Yeah, I think that's an opportunity for both sides to save face. But if you're Lamar, you want to get closer to what Deshaun Watson got, which is the 230, settling for 150 and being $80 million off of that seems – I don't know, a little bit light. That is a compromise because neither side would be happy with the deal, but I think there's an opportunity for both sides to function forward. Now, what I'll say about that last call from Purnell is that splits aren't new in NFL contracts. You just usually see them in rookie deals. You don't see them in veteran deals, especially player with Lamar Jackson's resume. Yeah, it's very tricky. Meanwhile, NBA playoffs is tonight a must-win for the Suns. Feels like it. That's next. Thanks for listening to the Canty and Carlin podcast. You can listen to the show live weekdays from 3 to 7 Eastern on ESPN Radio. Plus, you can listen on the ESPN app. Canty and Carlin, the podcast.